Thanks so much for joining us today on The Pulse by Bernstein, where we bring you insights on the economy, global markets, and all the complexities of wealth management. I'm your host, Stacey Jacobson. If I sound strange, that's because I'm an AI trained on Stacey's voice. And now back to the real Stacey. On today's show, we're discussing the transformative potential of AI. Recently, the language processing tool ChatGPT has captured the imagination of the public and highlighted how far AI technology has advanced. I'm pleased to welcome as my guest, Lei Chu, Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager of the Alliance Bernstein International Technology Fund and AB Disruptors ETF. First, let's take a pulse of the market. U.S. equity markets are off to a very strong start this year, blowing through 2023 analyst estimates. Now, this is in large part due to the exceptional strength in the stocks of just a few companies at the forefront of artificial intelligence, which is the main topic of our agenda today. So what's in store for the second half of the year? Well, we think the U.S. equity market is already pricing in or assuming a soft landing for the economy. This shouldn't be too surprising given the continued strength in the labor market and consumers' willingness to just keep opening up their wallets. But given the relatively rosy scenario, we are generally cautious on stocks in the near term while continuing to look for pockets of value. Now, as for fixed income markets, we think taking on some interest rate risk will benefit investors' portfolio, especially when rates eventually decline. For a more in-depth view, check out the quarterly letter from Alex Shaloff, Bernstein's CIO, on our website. AI is not a new field. Tech companies have been innovating in this space for decades, but ChatGPT represents an inflection point. For the first time, the general public has access to a user-friendly version of AI that can answer complex questions, generate language that sounds convincingly human, and automate time-consuming tasks. As a result, ChatGPT attracted more than 100 million users in just the first two months. Suddenly, people are not only enjoying the benefits of AI, but they are also concerned about negative impacts. For investors, AI presents challenges and opportunities, such as when is the optimal time to invest in companies that might benefit from AI. As with any disruptive technology, AI will likely bring about major changes that we can't yet imagine. So we'll explore all these issues and more with my guest when we come back. Stay with us. I'm Claire Gola, host of Bernstein's Inspired Investing, a podcast for those engaged in the nonprofit, philanthropy, and broader social sectors. Tune in to our next episode as we challenge the conventional wisdom surrounding this year's Giving USA report. Listen and subscribe to Inspired Investing on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome back to The Pulse by Bernstein. I'm here with Lei Chu, Portfolio Manager for the Alliance Bernstein International Technology Fund and AB Disruptors ETF. Lei, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Now, look, we are still very early in the product cycle for AI, but it is moving rapidly. Can you talk to us about how it's disrupted the companies you cover thus far? I think, to your point, we are still in the very early stage of AI. I do think it's a transformational change that we're seeing in innovation in the marketplace that we see today. And then many people compare it to sort of the iPhone moment that we're seeing in terms of productivity. And I actually wholeheartedly agree with that. But I also would acknowledge that we're still in the very early stage of that. A lot of people are making a lot of predictions. And I would say 
with many of the big technological innovation that we have seen, you tend to overestimate it in terms of the impact in the short term, but underestimate the impact in the long term. So I would say, as we stand today, I think every company is evaluating its business model and how they can deploy AI, whether AI is a friend or foe, but it's still too early to tell in terms of the ultimate impact that AI will have. Got it. So let's talk about some of those short-term and longer-term impacts. So if you were to look out over the next, call it 12 to 18 months, what do you think some of those shorter-term impacts of AI will be? In my mind, AI poses the ultimate question for every company, which is, what is your competitive mode? And will you survive AI? Because AI is such a transformational change that is such a productivity gain and knock down the entry barriers. So companies certainly cannot ignore it. And so what we have seen is a lot of companies are rushing to adopt AI. We certainly are seeing a lot of the large platform companies are spending tremendous amount of uh, time, effort, and money on it. So when we think about AI, it is something that's extremely compute intensive. That we know for a fact. So it's tremendous amount of data that's being generated. They need to be processed and then we are going to uh, feed it into the training model and train the supercomputers. So what is happening is that we have seen the rush to spend. So when we think about the innovation S-curve, if you will, and then we look through the past cycles, where we are in AI is sort of early stage in terms of the build out of the networks. So when I say networks, we're thinking about the hyperscale data centers, the spend on the servers, and then where the training is happening. And then just generally speaking, in terms of the increasing compute intensity. So what we're seeing is, um, I expect to see greater demand for a lot of the enablers, whether it be the semiconductor company, the equipment companies, uh, whether it be the networking memory. So a lot of it in the hardware area that's happening today, I expect that change to continue. And if anything, will ramp rapidly in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, we're also seeing some companies starting to roll out some applications, but it's still early. But ultimately, what shape or form in terms of business model it takes, it remains to be seen. Got it. So it sounds like the more immediate beneficiaries of AI are the hardware companies. You know, if we start to look out even further than that 18 months and longer terms, you mentioned the iPhone and you know, I try and tell my kids what life was like before we had that device in our hands at all times. And it's very hard to actually comprehend. So where do you think that AI might take us? And I, I admit this is very speculative at this point in time, but over the longer term. So AI itself has been around for quite some time. And this current iteration of AI, the generative AI, is probably the most powerful and it has reached the inflection point in terms of adoption, in terms of what it could do for us. I've been around, you've been around, and then just think about the time before iPhone. So it took a while for iPhone, even if you had the iPhone, if you didn't have the network and the broad built out network, it wouldn't work and it would not build out a whole ecosystem after that. So what we have seen is, you know, since the pandemic, and it's been going on for some time now, but the pandemic itself certainly has accelerated the digitization of the society and the amount of data that we generated so that, you know, so much data is generated, we can feed it into the uh, model and then actually get output from it. And the other thing is you kind of have to use your imagination, right? So we had a network built out, then we had the devices, then ultimately we have an entire mobile ecosystem that was built on top of that. So in seven to 10 years, I could imagine there will be a whole ecosystem that built on AI. And it doesn't even have to be seven to 10 years, frankly. And the history has shown that 
So it could just be in the next three to five years, we can see an entire ecosystem built on AI. But as we stand today, I would think a lot of it could be uh, efficiency tools that enterprise can embrace. And then some of the mundane labor can be replaced by machines. And then there are also other creative changes that we don't see today. And it will come with time once, you know, the whole uh, infrastructure layer is built out. All right. That's helpful. You know, we talked a little bit about some of the short-term impacts, but, you know, specifically, what are some of the responses that you're seeing from companies in the tech sector, really just more across the industries broadly? So we definitely have seen, you know, on the consumer side, you know, people are talking about the new way of interacting with machines, right? So we can, instead of getting sort of set response fit to us in the machine language, we can actually have something that's a lot more interactive. So on the consumer side, people talk about search, you know, will be different. And uh, the way that we think about travel or just in general, the way that we plan our life will be different. And that's one aspect to it. Uh, I think on the consumer side, you can also see, you know, in terms of how we can come up with new mode of entertainment and using AI as a tool, that will be different as well. But I think the bigger impact we expect to see would be the efficiency gain. So we're seeing a lot more companies today that actually is embedding AI in the tools that they're offering to enterprises that can actually make the companies far more efficient. One of the greatest challenges that we have faced in recent years, frankly, is the labor shortage, the rising inflation as a result of that. And I think AI will be a solution to that because it actually makes some of these really mundane tasks obsolete because the machine can do it in a far efficient manner. And we're seeing companies use that. So we're seeing it in the early stage as part of the tool set that's being offered to enterprises. We're also seeing companies, larger companies today certainly, are embedding AI in the offerings that they're providing and making their tool more effective or powerful. So chat GPT is what we hear about the most. How is that really driving innovation? So chat GPT is certainly, it's really exciting. It's one of the apps that was the fastest app to reach 100 million users. And that also gives you a sign of uh, gives you a sign of the time we live in, which is we all live in a connected world. So you know, it may take a little while for another app or you know a, a channel to get to that many listeners, but we certainly got to 100 million users really quickly. So that does show you that we reached a point where people are very excited about it. We've always talked to machines, but the machine talked to, back to us, and we're always reminded that we are simply talking to a machine. But ChatGPT is one where we could actually imagine that the machines interacting with us in a human-like form through OpenAI and generative AI. So it's very exciting, but I would also say though, it could be so much more. So it's not really lost on some of us that, you know, it just, it's still in its very primitive form. It's still pretty standard and it's not as personalized as we would like it to be. And in, in the future, it could be so much more. But that's my point, which is we're still in such early stage of adoption. You know, it's interesting. The feedback from the machine is only as good as how much data you feed into it. So the more data you give it, the more people use it, the smarter it gets, right? It's an iterative model. So, you know, it's not that dissimilar from, you know, the early stage of cell phone when it was, as, I remember in Pretty Woman, Richard Gere had that big cell phone. It's as big as a brick. And then, you know, 20 years later, look what we have and all the changes that it has made in our lives. So I would say ChatGPT is a starting point. It got a lot of excitement, but it marks an inflection point of what AI could be. 
but ultimately what you know what is going to be something that adds a lot of productivity and then make our life easier it remains to be seen so yes it's a good starting point it's a very exciting starting point in terms of how big the ai could be but it's definitely far from what it could be yeah and sometimes the answers that you get from chat gpt are very convincing but when you read through them there's actually that concept of hallucinations right that it actually is not the right <laughs> answer so can you yes. tell us a little bit about that why does that actually happen it's sort of like i said you know it's like things go through iterations, right? It's just so early still. And then it has to personalize it. It sounds convincing because it's giving you a set of answers that it knows. But it's the reason that we're excited about this generation of AI is because it is dynamic. And that's why it's so computer intensive. It's taking all these different data and then constantly iterating. And then that's what we call like, you know, the computer is being trained to give you a set of answers, but then ultimately there's the inferencing part, and then it's going to give you things that's actually tailored to you. And that could take time for it to learn and then to actually adapt. And so it looks very convincing today, but it may not be the right answer, actually. So it's going to learn. It's not that different from, you know, in the early days of search, right? Search got better and better because it learned. So it takes time for that knowledge base to build. And the more people use it, the more intelligent it gets. So that's why everything takes time. Yeah. For now, you still definitely have to have that human touch to make sure that the responses or the summary that it's giving uh, makes sense. So caution to all those college kids who are using it to write their essays, right? Yes, definitely. All right. I'm going to make a comparison to um, the ESG world and greenwashing, which occurs when companies try to project an image of being environmentally responsible, but yet they're not. I'm wondering if you see the same thing happening with AI. Companies really just paying lip service to the concept, but they're not really positioning their business to take advantage of AI in a profitable way. I think this is actually a very interesting question. I think AI is probably the most mentioned word on any quarterly earnings call in the most recent quarter. And every company feels like if they mention the word AI, then they are AI. But that's actually definitely not true. And I would caution all investors or listeners to be careful because, as I mentioned at the very beginning, this is the big question that it's posing to everyone. Is AI going to change your competitive mode because it knocks down entry barriers? So just because you mention AI does not mean that you can actually survive AI. Your business model is being challenged and it depends on how you embrace it and how advanced AI is. And the AI could, you know, it could challenge the very existence of some companies. And you are on the forefront of the lines of investing here on this cutting edge and disruptive technologies. Do you see any near-term use cases for AI that you believe might lead to greater efficiencies or really just important changes in the way that we conduct business? So companies such as Microsoft, you know, is already embedding AI in some of the tools that they, they are offering to their users. So I think you will start to see more and more companies such as Microsoft embedded in part of their product offerings to make their product actually more powerful and can actually, you know, do more things for the enterprise and they eliminate some of the inefficiencies that we see today. So I do think you will start to see that. And that's the first step. AI, it is probably one of the biggest productivity gain that we're going to see in our lifetime if deployed properly. So we are still at the very early stage of that. And then Microsoft is not the only company. We're starting to see other companies that touch the enterprise starting to embed that as well. 
So definitely uh, we see AI on the back office side as an efficiency gain tool. And AI could also be incorporated if incorporated correctly, it can also improve the revenue gain as well. So um, that is something that we're still watching and it's probably still early to call, but I definitely can see, you know, AI will allow you to understand your customer better and then provide more personalized solutions. And there's a lot of intelligence that we didn't have before that we can have today using the tools. So we're early, but we're already seeing it in some of the enterprise solutions. Leigh, from your perspective, is there anything that you are overly concerned with or actually really excited to continue to see develop? I think in the long term, I do feel like I always say, you know, we've been facing this market and then literally every day we wake up and we hear the talk about inflation. And I really believe that uh, innovation and change, uh, technological innovation in particular has always been a deflationary factor. That is you know, we can talk about Fed policies all day, but that is something that basically is um, a short-term remedy, but not a long-term solution. And I do believe AI will provide a long-term solution for that. So that's something I'm very excited about. And from an investment universe, I do think, you know, regardless, we're at an inflection point in history in terms of compute paradigm, in terms of how much we're going to use in parallel processing, and then just the amount of compute intensity that we're going to need. Uh, that is something I actually have huge investment implications and we can really profit from. So that is something, and regardless of which app wins or who adopted, that is the part I know for sure that you know people are going to use more and more of their memory, of the processing power, of uh, the network, and uh, in a fully digitized society, and AI is going to take us there in a much faster way. And so that is part of the investments that I, in the investment universe, that I'm really excited about. So there's the hype, but then ultimately, which company will benefit from it is remains too early to be seen. And then two, I do think AI is not AI. You cannot have the training or inferencing without having the data. And ultimately, who owns the data? The data privacy and security, that is going to be a huge concern. It's the ownership of data and the permission of use data. And I think that is something that, you know, will get more and more attention. That is something that, you know, I think is not talked about as much today, but certainly is going to be a point of contention, if you will, in the future. I see potential regulatory hurdles. That's probably one area that I, I see that is something that's going to get a lot of attention. All right, Leigh, I think that's a great place to wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing all of the wisdom that you have. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Join us again in two weeks when we'll talk about marital agreements. You won't want to miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to The Pulse by Bernstein wherever you get your podcast to ensure you never miss a beat. I'm your host, Stacey Jacobson, wishing you a great rest of the week.